When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Respect Our Decision podcast. This is our raw reaction episode for Florida versus Tennessee. As with me, as always, is Mike. What's going on? And the hype man, Wes. What's good? What's good? And we're just going to come at you again, guys. You know, this is actually should be the uh, rehearsed reaction instead of the raw reaction. We're a little late with this due to some some different uh, things going on, uh, personal reasons, and then Mike getting back from Knoxville deep, deep in the trenches. But um, <laughs> better late than never, we always say, and we're glad to get this out to y'all. As always, make sure you go ahead and give us a download. And we're available on all your major podcasting platforms. Check out our YouTube page, as always. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Get a notification every time we o- upload some content. And... um. Don't forget, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can at Respect Our Decision. Shout out to Utah Gator and Brandon Stewart for being uh, patrons with us. And um, as always, do not forget, guys, go check out our sponsor at camwoodsupplements.com. And remember to use code RESPECT20 to save yourself 20% on your first purchase. Highly recommended. But with all that being said, we're going to jump right into it, man. we got a lot to talk about, and we're going to start it off. Like I mentioned a second ago, my boy Mike was deep in the trenches, deep, deep in enemy territory <laughs> um, with with little little uh, friends around to help him. So we're going to just uh, go ahead and get kick it to Mike so he can tell us a little bit about his experience out there in the world of Orange. 
Yeah, it actually started. It, yeah, thanks, thanks, Serge. It actually started out in the world of red. Flew into Atlanta, and uh, shout out to my boy Justin and um, for the hospitality. But no, so uh, started out there, and then we we drove up uh, that morning, Friday morning. Just wanted to take in the uh, quote unquote sights. Use that word loosely, and um, just walked around campus. Nothing too crazy. And, you know, just saw, you know, not a quote-unquote statue. You saw a bunch of dogs. Really, it was really odd. There was a couple of them all over campus. Walked around game day, saw some uh, homeless man with a squirrel. But apparently I found out later on at a dinner, like, he's like a he's like a, a thing known around campus. They're like, oh, you saw the squirrel. And I'm like, I thought it was just some, like, homeless guy. But he's like, no, it was a squirrel's birthday last week. I'm like. I don't know. I I don't, I'm not used to seeing squirrels on shoulders, and I, I don't know. It just seemed like a really lonely guy looking for attention, so that's how I took it. But apparently, that's like their math, you know, mascot over there. Like that's that's cool. But um, you know, campus it was you know center campus. I got a couple little hooligans. You know what I mean? Uh, one little girl's like y'all are brave. I'm just like that. Actually, ended up happening like four times throughout the next couple of days, which I didn't really understand. Um, not a little human, so it was a little, little odd. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it's just, just a football game. I didn't really – except for, like, one person, I didn't say anything to anybody because I didn't want to have issues. To, um, but overall, campus, you know, standard campus. It was you – know, looked like – it was really older, looked like crap, to be honest. You know, just a comparative well, some I've been on. You know, for example, FSU. I've been on UFs, obviously. Um, LSU is nice. I mean, it, it looked old. It looked like it was just you know, like it, you know, slightly post Civil War. I'll give them that. And um, during the Reconstruction, but you know, it's definitely a terrible, terrible place. But no, just kind of laid, 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 laid low on Friday. Saturday, obviously, got game day. You know, got. Power up with five hours. Had about three of those that that day, and uh, it was a decent little tailgate. Nothing too crazy. Uh, that's you know they're you know civil for the most part. You know, uh, shot shit for a couple of uh, friends I met through his mutual friend. Uh, ended up seeing Keith, Kim, like a couple of my buddies there with Justin as well. And overall, you know, for the most part, people were hospitable. You know, so. Can't complain too much in regards to the crowd there. It was mostly just. And you got dudes. to meet a legend. Legend. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> walking back, uh, I was walking into the game because uh, there's no service at all in this like city of Knoxville. There's no cell towers apparently. It, it's it's awful. There's no Wi-Fi in the stadium. I found that out the night before. But yeah, there's. There's no service. No tweets are going through. So my apologies on the timing of the, you know, Mike in the trenches thread. Hopefully you guys liked it, but there's no service at all. So I had to go, when I was at the gate, I had to go to, um, and um, I had to go to Will Call. And I saw the man, the myth, the legend, uh, got his at, but it's a Tennessee rapper. Nice guy. Got to give him that. Gave us an R, uh, respect, our decision exclusive. Uh, we'll put it out on YouTube and our social media platforms today, but um, it was quite, <laughs> it's quite funny. But no, he was a nice guy, and uh, just went into the game. Uh, 
they have like a one of those like 1835 troughs where you uh, use a restroom in. And so I don't, you know, once again, up to date plumbing. I don't, I don't know if they have running water though. And it's just, it's a crappy stadium. I mean, apparently there's 102,000 people. It looked absolutely, it was absolutely miserable inside. It looked hideous outside. So it was just, it was just truly awful. Um, Let me so ask you a couple questions, Mike. Go for it. Yeah. Um, as far as the game day, not a game day, as far as ESPN, but as far as the environment, uh, a lot of people, a lot of our fans who probably listen, probably go to a lot of, you know, you have games and they haven't seen the enti- the environment like on the road. Um, can you, and, and it's a big game for Tennessee. Of course, we know game day was there. Josh Pate was there. Um, pretty sure some other people were in town. We, it was a big game. Good. Uh, Tennessee is trying to, you know, before the game, you know, trying to stake a claim and try to get into the top 10 and trying to be like competent year two for Josh Heupel. Uh, can you speak to like the environment or how, how did the fans uh how were how were they doing the game? Was it loud? Oh no! I mean, it was. It was, it was I mean, I've been to Death Valley at night, so I mean, like it's. I've been. It's, I know it's different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was loud. Don't get me wrong; it was solid. Yeah, at louder than FSU. FSU is nothing. Um, uh, Florida been at Florida games. That's obviously loud. So I want to compare that. Uh, but I've been to like I said, I've been to Death Valley at night, and this doesn't. Compare, yeah, uh, it's not, it's not. I mean, they did a good job, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like quiet. I'm do you think, let me ask you this do you think it was because in their mind, okay, we have to be Florida's down like right now? Yeah, my ticket price playing. is freaking reflected. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not your fault. It, it, <laughs> the, the game, I'm sorry, I'm still <laughs> about that. Okay, but like, do you think they were? Wanting to be excited, but scared, especially late, because I want to ask how the game was yeah. teetering. Then late, they probably got scared. Like, man, are we gonna, is this going to be another letdown? Jabbar Gaffney, uh, um, Felipe no, Franks, Hail Mary. Like, were they like loud and like confident? Yeah, Will Greer to Callaway. Like, were they scared or what? No, that's a great question. So, I mean, you could tell you know they were pumped, you know, and um. But even like in the pregame, they're like, if it's if it's a close game, you guys, we have to blow you guys out. Like I actually got a video yeah. of the guy, like we got to blow you guys out. Like they don't, yeah. they inherently know we own them. Like it's yeah. it's, a, and that's why I picked a close like, it, and if that fumble, whatever, which we'll get into, like, it's when something can go wrong, they will go wrong. Like they expect yeah. it though. Gotcha. So because they've been, you know, a lot of have, hurt so many times. Yeah, correct. So and. It happened later on that game, but the bottom line is you you had it spot on. Like you know, once again, they and as I said, they expect it to occur, so it's kind of like built in, and they were just. Um, and what's that first part of that question? Sorry. Um, as far as them being like, what was it like a nervous? Like it, maybe they weren't loud because they were like, okay, okay, you, like it. you were saying, you kind of answered, you kind of already answered. Yeah. yeah, no, so no, they were so they were. Like I said they were pretty pretty loud. You know, they definitely had a little little you know uh, hillbilly. You know, I like my cousin Chance. However, <laughs> mixed in with swag, Garth, the D, horrendous DJ. Like I'm sorry, the swag UCF or awful music. Like it was. Yeah. Gave me a seizure. So, but they were really quick to done. Like they were at, like, it was like bipolar. Like, you know, like 
all right, okay, they get a third down. Florida fans next, like, they were facing, like, you know, Utah or Bama. Like, all right, we're going to be loud. Next, like, oh, get a third down? Cool. Next. First down. Loud. Like, that type of game, if if it was Florida type of fans, like, we're going to stay loud the whole game regardless. Then, like, if you you get a first down, like, they're quiet. It goes to, once again, like, we've already mentally defeated them. Gotcha. So they kind of expected it. They're like, oh, crap, here we go. And it happened. It's just so, it was so high to low. And you just see them, you know, 100,000 people because there wasn't too many Florida fans. And I was sitting in the Georgia, Florida section, but I'm looking, you know, spotted out for like people in blue. It w- had that checkered out. So they were kind of expecting, you know, something bad to happen. But so there's more of that, on that front runner syndrome. Okay. Hirsch, I'm good. You can't ask anybody anything. No, I just, uh, I'm, I'm just taking it all in, man. Um, I, you know, watching at home and and getting the atmosphere, you you could see them kind of nervous. I, I you know, but yeah, we kind of let the crowds hang around, and that was one of my keys mm-hmm. was to try to take the crowd out of it. Yeah, and, and we don't have anything but ourselves to blame for that. Correct. Yeah. Key moments of letting them get momentum back is all it takes. And a couple so, things I did notice, um, you know, given that there are, you know. Trash people over there in Tennessee for the most part. Um, they just throw out, they literally threw objects onto the field on the TV. Camera saw it. Yeah, or, yeah. They threw two objects. I forgot the, I think when Napier went off, they threw two different, um, one item and then about two, five, two to three, five seconds later, they threw another item. So oh, wow. sh- shocking, you know, cl- classy folk. But yeah. yeah. it's a pitiful pedi- pedi- stadium. It needs to be updated. It's outdated by like 40 years. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Like it, like the, pretty, the, the, pretty, the boxes I mean, are gray. It's disgusting. I hate to go back back before the game, but that was some pretty shoddy uh, tailgating they had going on too. It was like all, all it, 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 like I said, you have no service. There's no Wi-Fi inside. God forbid, you know. But it's just like me walking around. I mean, I went through like a farmers market. It was just <laughs> it was a weird setup, man. So I, yeah, the, just, the tailgating videos that you put out, it looked like the back of a. Uh, industrial lot or something it was <laughs> i got the five hours at a shell station with no gas like and this is on their this is on their main strip like i don't know if that's where they they you know cut cut the pork pigs for the the weekly bacon lot i don't know but the place is is in post construction reconstruction civil war wow. disgusting <laughs> I had to take three showers when I got home. Oh my lord! Um, well, I mean, I, I know it had to be a good, you know, at least it was. I'm glad I gave went. a good. The boys no, gave I'm a good show. They, they didn't. You didn't have to put up the surrender cobra and get out of there early, you know, just because we look so bad. But yeah. Um. Well, that being said, let's let's talk about it a little bit here. I mean, you know. Um, emotional reaction of what we what we witnessed this weekend um you were there live i mean just go ahead and give us your your takes of of watching things live mike we'll let you roll first and me and wes will go yeah no i appreciate it um it was um i was going in like like who knows like let's see what's gonna happen you know i i was going with like the, the hope that you know Florida can capitalize on, you know, the receivers being out and 
start early or start strong early, which we did not. Um, but one thing I noticed was uh, Anthony Richardson, and he um, and West and I got uh, spoke on it at the end. So I will quickly acknowledge it. And I'm like, I'm not like I want to be wrong, and then at least in this game. It, obviously, he needs to grow on it and be consistent. I was wrong, and I'm glad. Whatever was he was dealing with this game, it didn't. It was. It's either it's either grown in the past, or it's a one off. But like I, he played well this game. He wasn't. He you know we'll talk about it more in depth. But he you know he he played really well. You know it wasn't a perfect game, but like definitely put us in a position to succeed. Or and win this game. So, but it was um like overall, you know, O line let me down tremendously, and you know, we'll get into that more in depth. O line let me down. Running backs overall, I was a fan of, and then uh, just defensive breakdowns. I was just, it, yeah. So that's just the main. Don't yeah. Those are the main ones. Wes, you- what, what were your what were your reactions? I mean, obviously, I know. Mike just mentioned some of the obvious ones. From watching at home, I know uh, first reaction, AR. I think he set a record. Well, not, he didn't set the record. Tebow owns the record. I think he finished second with behind Tebow with the most yards accounted for Florida get a history, if I'm not mistaken. You guys can check that for me if you need to to make sure I'm right. But I think accounted for as far as passing and rushing, like he, he, he was phenomenal. Uh, it's the reason why I was harping on the guy with the higher ceiling. We're not playing to win the SC championship this year. Let's see what we got. It's only week two. It's only week three. Let's see him on the road. Let's see him in a different environment. He's nicked up. I mean, we, we've, Mike has heard stuff. You've heard stuff. Hers. Uh, we kind of talked about it on the last podcast, whatever it is, but a lot of fans, if they long as they see 15, Riches on the back that will just want you to go perform. Nothing wrong with that. I expect the same. Um, but, I mean, he went out there and, and if he doesn't play, we're not in this game the way our defense played. Um, if he's not there the way we weren't able to run the ball, if Anthony, if, if Anthony Richards doesn't play, we're not in it. We're not, we don't have a chance. It's a blowout. Mike is chucking the deuces early, getting out of that stadium with those, uh, what he called them, the hillbillies. Mike is like, yo, I'm out of here. So, <laughs> so I'm glad that AR uh, took a step forward. He gave us something to be hopeful for the rest of the season. Um, this is a season uh, to to progress and see what's going on. So I'm still hoping, and we'll probably hop on Napier and quarter staff later about as far as the growth and okay, this is four weeks. What are we seeing? Who we need to place? But I was grateful and thankful that AR did uh, kind of make me kind of feel like I was pushing for him to do well, uh, and he did well. Uh, Defense with trading. I mean, I'm not going to talk bad about personally about a player. I never would do that. And we had some fans. It was a big blow up over that. We'll get into all that. But trading blew one coverage. On the, I saw, I rewatched the game. Uh, somewhat, it was on the other coverage. I'm not sure if that was really his fault. But when when you when you blow one coverage and you've been a topic of conversation all season, and I got on him last week about that me first thing when he's celebrating, talking, and just gave a first down. I have to get back on him with that. I'm not like he has to be more of a team guy when it comes to certain stuff. Um, and he blew a coverage. I don't know who we have back there. I've been hopping on our linebacker uh, recruiting in the past. 
of how we don't have anybody to be able to step up when Venture Miller was out. We have we had a safety since Marcus May, Marcel Harris, and and uh, Keanu Neal left. I don't think we had. I mean, that's crazy. Since those three guys left, we have not had. We have had poor, piss poor safety play. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and hey, in that same left. breath, go ahead. Hey, friendly reminder: Nick Cross wasn't a tick. <laughs> or, or battle, but um, it, it, from Alabama, if y'all don't know who battle is, but from to to, to continue in, in that same breath with the linebackers, since Jared, Jared Dave, well, I don't want to say since Jared Davis was left because I was um, I was impressed with Reese. Reese played well when he was here, and Richard Miller is solid. So, but we to, we have to upgrade at that safety spot. Um, I want to see some more of young guys. Hopefully, forward going moving forward, that Napier has enough film, we can do that. Um, the going for two thing, I wasn't mad at it. I mean, when you look at it in hindsight, then coming down to the coast when the game is close, and then we could have probably we could have got in field goal range and not try to do a hail mary at the end because we missed two two point conversions and we lost by five. So if you get the two kicks, then you're down by three, you can kick a field goal. I get that. Not too much. Not too mad at it. Napier kind of explained that in the press conference. You on the road, you go for the win. Not mad at that. Um, Dexter, a lot of people harping on Dexter. He's still getting double team guys. But I don't want to talk about Dexter. I told Mike last week, y'all can have Dexter. I don't want to talk about Dexter. My guy, Chris McCullough. Mike, I don't know if you rewatched the game yet, but my guy flashed again on film. He was in there with Dexter. This time he was playing uh, the three technique nose tap. He was there, Mike, and he flashed again in the backfield. I like, need to see well more like Mike. I know. I don't have. I don't know. If you, like I said, I don't know if you rewatched the game yet, but you got to see <clears> my guy <throat> flashed again. He didn't have a lot of snaps. And I need to hear him to get see maybe my this eyes right now. Yeah, I, I, I say I know you haven't watched the game, but I want you to watch my guy because I hopped on him last week and know you know I know you on the nose tackling and the D tackles in general, but watch my guy. He's flashing, man. Tell flashing tell the guy. folks who aren't watching this on YouTube what my eyes look like right now. Your eyes look like you had a red eye. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all. Listen, literally, like, literally, kudos, like, kudos, like, kudos to your yeah. dude. And by the way, there's no excuse. Yeah, to I've, him, I've been uh, hopping on him. That so girl should, should not be able to beat. A double team, if that's a yeah, and, and a triple team, yeah, right. he should be up there. Um, that was one of my points. Um, with Whittemore and Zipper, I'm glad they got Whittemore involved. I've, I talked about him before the season started as my shorthand guy, he had a couple catches. Uh, Zipper, first touchdown passing. I mean, that was just a, a great effort by Zipper. I wanted the tight ends to get more. I asked, Do we even have tight end? It was a sarcastic question. Good, good by Zipper. Um, and Turnovers in the second quarter. I think the key point in the game to me was we were up 14 to 10, I believe. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was 14 to 10. And they drove 90-something yards and took the lead. Then they got the ball back. That's why coaches defer. When you get that last score and then you get the ball back and score again, that kind of, to me, flipped the game. Because we were in control of the game. We punched it, put them inside the five-yard line, had them down, had them third and whatever, and they got out of that and went down and scored. And then they got the ball back out of halftime, scored again. To me, that was the big, that was the first big, big part of the game, in my opinion. The second one was we had some turnovers on them. I'm a big believer in you have to force turnovers. And my talk, my when we asked, we did the key points Wednesday was we can can't turn the ball over. I'm looking at you, AR. He had a turnover. And on the play, if he goes around the edge like how he scored the touchdown on that run that he scored a touchdown on, if he does the same thing again, he might score again. 
if you watch it on film, he might score again. If you watch the game, you'll see if he could. But he cut it in and fumbled. And all fumbles are not created equal. That's that's what I feel about turnovers. All turnovers are not created equal. And he turned that ball over. And after that, it was, I mean, it was in the fourth quarter. We got a turnover in the first half. They got one in that fourth quarter. And it kind of changed the, uh, the outcome of the game to me again. Uh, so those are my two big points uh, as far as when the game flipped. That second quarter scored, driving 90 yards. And then the AR turnover, but uh, th- those are my things from uh, my takeaways from the game, Hirsch. All right, Mike. I know Mike had one more point he wanted to make before I got my takes in. Yeah, well, hey, real quick, have you ever been in a film study that following day if you fumble was? Yeah. Did coaches say that's okay? Or you I said, play? I said, all turnovers are not fumble to fumble. A fumble's a fumble. They don't care. No, 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 no. What I mean about it is in the, far, is in the entirety of the game, his fumble mattered more than that first quarter fumble that that uh, that Tennessee had, the venture metal punch out. But it, it would just change. I mean, it's just because, I mean, it, but that, that would change possibly the whole. There's it, too many, there's it, too many what ifs, this, that, that leads to that. The, it, a, fumble, a fumble's a fumble. I think you I mean, misunderstood it, my point. I'm saying we, we created turnovers, but our turnover mattered more. He's saying our, our fumble our was fumble, bigger. Yeah, our fumble, that the AR fumble was bigger than Venture Middles. He was saying our fumble in the first was half. worse than Tennessee's. Yeah. That oh, was all on AR. Okay. Yeah, that he's, was all AR. More, he's putting more weight on actually on our fumble than. Yeah, than, yeah. Than, yeah. AR, that fumble mattered more. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, my apologies. Uh, so, no, well, like I said, I just wanted to keep this brief on my review. I didn't want to go too far in depth. But uh, just the one thing I kept seeing um, – on AR was like that's when like the car like the UF fans were like we're in it you know we're seeing a driver we're like all right let's go we already know how this is gonna end like let's get let's get it fumble deflate like so that was uh and that's to my point they're not created equal that was like deflating at that point in the game mm-hmm. oh there are there are bigger turnovers depending on the time of the game without a doubt yeah mm-hmm. um <clears throat> let me let me try to give a brief little reaction of my own here. Um, first off, y'all have already said it. Hats off to AR. The young man went on the road in probably, the, you know, as hostile environment as he'll probably see this year. Um, maybe Texas A&M could be bigger, depending. Um, and and threw for the most yards against an SEC defense as QB's done in UF history. I mean, that's, that's huge. It's big time. Um, but I'm not going to just talk about AR because obviously the other guys did. Um, Ventrell Miller is as good a gator as we've had in a long time. That young man to grit out what he did and then to go out and play the way he played. I don't believe enough things can be said about Ventrell Miller and he deserves all the praise in the world from our fan base, but I haven't seen anyone say anything less. So, um, offensively, offensive line definitely did not look as good as I suspected they would. Um, I know, uh, garage in particular had a really rough day. If you look at AR's incompletions, I'd guarantee you half of them are throwaways. Um, just due to the immense pressure he was under most of the game, but he handled it well. He didn't try to force too many throws into, you know, a, into bad coverage and things of that nature. So that's progress. Um, 
running game wasn't what we'd hoped it would be. Kudos to Tennessee for, for shutting that down. Um, was very impressed with the play calling as a whole. I thought it was very effective. I thought the plays were there. Even the plays that we didn't get, if you go back and watch breakdowns, they were there. It could have just been some executional problems or Tennessee just defended it well. I mean, you know, and once again, hats off to them. They came to play on defense uh, in a lot of time, a lot of settings. We, us playing better than we had all season obviously made that, you know, neutralized a lot of that. But the other side of the ball, I just, I don't know, man. Um, Tony was not left a very good uh, cupboard of goods. Let's just say that. I mean, he just bad recruiting plus bad habits equal bad, you know, bad results. And that's what we're seeing right now is, is the, the culmination of bad recruiting and bad coaching coached habits to players that are still here giving us poor results in a lot of situations. Um, that's not an immediate fix, guys. It's, it's going to take a little bit of time to get guys in here, talented players in here, get these young guys some experience. And that's my next point is it's time for a youth movement in some of these positions. I'm not saying you take every snap necessarily from some of these guys, but you got to find a way to get the, the younger guys in early and often. Um like Wes said, McClellan played good. Devin Moore played 40 snaps in this game. Never heard his name called, and that's a good thing. I mean, you know, you don't want a DB having his name called very much unless it's an interception or you get beat deep <laughs> or, you, or a good pass defense. I mean, but um, I just – I need to see the the coaching – What's the word I'm looking for? The coaching adjustment I most need to see at this point is some of these younger guys getting snaps in meaningful possessions to get the experience they need to either take a man's place or be ready to be a starter next year. One of the two. And and I've always said it, it if you're not the right man, next man up. I mean, and that's – I can't say it enough. Uh, about this defense, but I'm not going to just continue to harp on it because we know what the problems are, but our safety play has not been up to the standard of the University of Florida whatsoever. I think pretty much everyone can agree on that. Um, special teams. Ah. That's still not up to par with what we would consider the University of Florida either. I mean, um, okay, the kid missed a 50-yard kick. He needs to make it. I mean, you bring in kickers to the University of Florida, you need to be able to make a 50-yard kick and not be shortening it. But it happens. Could have been a bad, you know, bad contact on the ball, whatever. It, it happens. Um, penalties on kickoff returns. I just I, – just how? How does this continue to happen? How unfair catches are we getting penalties? I, I mean, why are you holding all the time? Uh Blocking the back on, on McMillan on the kickoff return with the guy's back clearly turned to him. This is this is stuff that has just got to get cleaned up, and that's another situation. If you can't execute, somebody else needs to. Get somebody else out there that can't that will. And until you find the right eleven guys that don't hold or, you know, every single time. So we're always starting in a bad position. Um 
There's a few other things that I could rant and rave about, but I'm not going to because as a whole, I know uh, Josh Pate made the point. We lost as a team, but we grew up as a program, I believe, in this game. And I, and I thoroughly believe that that was a very good point, that you saw this team faced with adversity on the road, first time this year, um, going, you know, and, and let's not forget this is a team that got quit on and then quit itself last year. So it could have been real easy to say, well, here we go again and laid it on down. But they 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 played it to the very last snap and and credit to Napier and his crew for keeping a minute. And one more thing about Billy. Um I know it's been said on social media and whatnot. Billy greeted every single player coming off that field. And to me that was that was a really cool thing to see. Um I love our I love our coach. I think he's the right man for the job, but we said it from the get go, man. You're gonna have to have some patience because there's a lot of stuff still to fix with this team, and it's and it's not a quick fix. But with that being I, said, guys, you know, um, can I ask, can I ask yeah, you a question, Hurst? Go ahead, Wes. Just a quick question. This is what I want. Sometimes we get blinded by when we win fast. Like I know a lot of people. What Georgia did this in their first season with uh, Kirby Smart, and Bama did this in the first year with. Uh, Nick Saban. To counteract that, what did Mullen do his first year? Didn't he go to the New Year's Six Bowl? Yep. So he kind of masked some of the deficiency. What did uh, Jim McElwain do? Did he go to the SEC Championship game? Yep. So they were successful, but in the end, it kind of masked, you kind of got hyped and like, okay, we got something here. When all along there were problems within the program that we didn't see because, oh, next year will be better because we went to the SC championship game. The, That's the good. Problem, the problem was is, is the recruiting was progressively year after year getting worse. Exactly. And, that, and that, people, that, don't, people don't look at it like that. They see a number like, oh, well, Mullen finished 11th or whatever he finished in the country. But seven, eight of those kids never even stepped on the playing field. I mean – it's it's yeah. all good and well, but you have to go back and look. And now if you look at it, and we've talked about it before in our recruiting episodes, the void is 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 bad. And once again, going back to what we said a few weeks ago when Nick was on the show, you're still trying to fit like the, the analogy that was used, the wet puzzle pieces into a puzzle and just make them fit. And all of these kids aren't going to fit. And I got a feeling after this season and maybe even before the season ends, you're going to see a bunch more kids leave. Exactly. And that's I, to you and Mike's point. I want, you know, you guys, like, year one, you got to find out. And I, we, y'all want to win, too. So I'm not going to say I want to win. Y'all, we want a championship. You and Mike will be just as happy as I am. But y'all y'all always stuck to the point of this is the year where he has to figure it out. And y'all had y'all, you know, six between six and ten wins with the flip, you know, the coin flip games. And I got all that. I, you know, I'm a diehard. I'm not a pom-pom pusher or whatever they call it. But I just sunshine like, pumper. Yeah, sunshine pumper. I just felt like AR gave us if if we if we had AR the AR that and, and and maybe I was blinded that what you guys saw and maybe you guys were blinded. But what I saw in high in, in in two different ways of he had year two AR this experience him going through this season and maybe not being uh, a Heisman guy this year going through bumps losing. Uh, playing bad will set not only him but the program up for year two to but, be more successful. 
it goes back, and, and I know, Mike, you said this several times. Year one, what do you want to see? What do recruits want to see? Improvement Compl- and competent football. You just have to be competent. And Coral, this game, and even in a loss, I'm sorry. Feel better than South no, 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 no. Finish your statement. I'll piggyback off. This game in a loss showed we did show improvement. And at least on the offensive side for the majority of the game, competent football. That's um, correct. I mean, even defensively, I mean, uh, I yeah, have to look at the season averages. Made as well. Correct. So, I mean, you don't have to win. And, like, if anyone says that, they're, they're flat out wrong, and I'm not going to argue. I'm, just, you're, I'm not going to waste my time because they're wrong. Obviously, they're ignorant. So, the bottom line. And you, you know, just got done playing the hardest schedule in the country for the first four games of the season. Which no one <laughs> ever has brought up. But, you know, we don't need to I get into have. that. It's just like, but the main thing is you're showing more than confidence. You're showing resolve. Anthony, Anthony Richardson is showing that he is, at least in one game, he can't come back. Um, you know, I think in the long term, like what you were saying, Wes, this is going to be beneficial to, for him. Um, and, he, you know, he needs to take these bumps. Because last year he didn't really play. You know, he had a couple games, but it's mop-up duty. It's, it's different when the light's shining on you. It's different when you're in game playing for it. It's different when, you know, the you have an off-season to game playing for somebody, and he's seeing that. So hopefully he can adjust. You know, I'm just, I'm just hoping he'll truly get through the season uninjured and can, you know, so, slowly progress because at the end of the day, it all comes down to snaps, um, and that's what he truly needs. I trust Billy. His play calling has improved. Um, and I truly like that. But in, in terms of the one thing I wanted to touch on, um, Hirsch, you said it, and I keep saying it, young players need to play. One, you're right. However, you, you have a caveat that they need to be ready to play. You don't just put them in to put them in. No, you're right. You're right. So um, a lot of people, like, I know one, that, I know that can stunt the, either, one, stunt development, or two, ruin a kid's confidence that he will never recover from. A lot of people, just because he's talented, does not mean he's ready. So a lot of like just a- uh, a- AKA um, or uh, I know where you're going with this partially is um, and I know me and you wanted to make a point about this is uh, Dewan Black made a fantastic play on an onside kick. He absolutely made a, a fantastic it was athletic play on an onside kick. What was what was the main thing from that? Athletic, right? Athletic play. Guys, fans, just because a guy makes an athletic play on an onside kick does not mean he knows his playbook good enough to start on the defense or even play for that matter. Let me say this. Let me let me ask, let me, okay. let me let me say this to, to to back up you guys' point. Have you guys seen Devin Moore play? Like I said earlier, yeah. never heard his name. Didn't even realize he took but, 40 but, snaps. But, but he took 40 snaps, right? Have you yeah. guys seen Shamar James play? Yes. It's a re- They're playing young guys. It's a I reason why that. the guys behind Trey Dean aren't playing. Now, I, I'm just as frustrated. That's why I'm saying we don't have good safeties behind them because it's not that they're afraid to play young guys. Trevor Etienne, playing. Shamar James, playing. Devin think, Moore, and- playing. Kamari Wilson, playing. So, well, that's if those guys are crazy, <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's becoming for Torrance. 
Okay. When Kamari Wilson right, comes right. in, he's been coming in for Torrance. So he's playing that safety spot. So whoever's playing behind Dean has not uh, – I don't know um, – I, I can't speak on Patrick Tony's system well enough to know if his safety spots are interchangeable. Some some uh, defensive coordinators have with their defensive co- – I mean, their safeties can be interchangeable. Some guys can play in the box and, and be a single high safety. Some guys can't do it. You want that guy in the box like uh, a la Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. They can't switch, you know – Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor can't do what Earl Thomas did back for the Seattle defense. So I don't know if that's Patrick Tony's system. But my point is the the the, the coaches are playing young guys. You guys see that. So that's what I want what our fans to understand. They're playing young guys. Whoever's behind Dean, whether it's my guy, because I love him, um, McMillan, not the not the uh, Donald McMillan. He, maybe he's not good enough to play. Take Dean off the field right now. I'm and, guessing and that's Tony what it is. The safeties. Exactly. So exactly. Tony knows what he's got. I- I can't argue your point there. You're and Mike yeah. said it too. I mean, if if you're not ready to play and you don't know your playbook good enough, that don't mean you just stick somebody in there. Yeah. This is where I say you start to work them in in advantageous situations. If if they're ready, hypothetically, I wouldn't mind depending on the team as well. I'm a, That's a why of, I said this is a two week stretch where correct. So if you have, be, we're like, all right. Let me say, let me say. You always got to prove it in practice because let me say a, I'm not going to. One second, Wes. It was like there was a. I'm not going to put homie business out there, but his ex player is goofing off in practice as a freshman. Should ex player play? No, no, we should not because you're you're immature, and that's that's, that's a bad example. And not to mention. Dewan Black's not young, all right? Hey, to break it to people, you know how the, the class that Dewan Black came in? It was Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam's in the NFL. So let's just well, – that's this is two coaching staffs, homie didn't play, all right? So get this – he should be on the field crap out of your freaking minds. He's not going to freaking play. There's a no reason play. Lorenzo Lingard and Dewan Black – Yeah, it's not asking why isn't Lorenzo Lingard playing. He's not good enough. It's like, get over I also, I also, the point I just pulled out about they're not afraid to play young guys because you see young guys on the field. You see Devin Moore. You see Chris McCullough. You see Kamari Wilson. You see uh, Trevor Etienne. Another thing to that, who are all those young guys recruited by? Exactly. The and guys another- that – yeah. <laughs> you see You're right. You're he, wiped right. the, he, he essentially wiped the whole class. And that's what I said. That was going back to what I said about bad habits and, and you know, bad manner, bad mindsets and things of that nature. It, you have to – we said it a few weeks ago. It's like when an NFL coach and new GM come in, they, on average, replace 60% of their roster. And there's and, a reason for that. And then really quick to what you were saying, I'm glad you said that. Um, speaking of bad <laughs> – Bad uh, like culture or whatever. Um, you see Miguel Mitchell's uh, thing was on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah, I ain't got to talk on that. For I need my players. I need, I, and I'll let Billy handle it how Billy feels, sees fit to handle it. But if you're running to social media to post your grievances and complain and whine after the game, your mindset ain't right anyway. And I'm sorry. I know there's kids that want to contribute and they're frustrated. I get that. But there's a way to go about it. A, show up in practice is. and play your ass off. Sorry. it's That's the way it's been for 100 years. <laughs> Just because you think you're the most talented guy 
And just because you want to contribute, I'm glad you want to contribute that you need that kind of fight, but you got to not just do it. Want to do it on game day. (laughs) You got to go to every film meeting, learn, learn your playbook, learn your responsibilities, show it in practice consistently, not just have a good practice and be like, I'm ready to contribute because it don't work that way. (laughs) I'm sorry. I guess he got, he got hacked. So. Allegedly. Yeah, hacked. He was hacked and then had control of his account again. Um, but before, yeah. why it's fresh in my mind, let me, and since we were recruiting podcasts, let me ask you guys the, a follow-up to what I just said about the young guys that Napier is playing are his guys. It's not like McMillan, who my, my guy from the, the safety uh, is from Mullins class. Is that a recruiting strategy? That he's not, that he's no. playing his guys early? Okay. No, no it's, so. it's, a, it's a talent. Yeah, strategy. I mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I just want to ask. It. I don't. I, I personally don't think so. I also, I also don't think he's that type of coach. Because end of the day, you're gonna lose. If you do that, I think it's uh, a year by year basis. You will lose the locker room. It's inevitable. I think it's okay. a void of talent at the positions that they're playing. Because yeah. it's just okay. saying, "I this guy don't lie." And I like, mean, actually, you, like, know, you see, uh, you see we know we know we're hurting on linebacker depth. We know we don't have a lot of uh, safety depth. We know we, we have the one block. Oh yeah. Who's yeah. a linebacker, but well, now he's going to starting Because people might think, well, I just wanted to ask because fans might, well, if he's only playing his young guys, maybe he's doing that because of uh, yeah. recruiting whatever. So I just want y'all to answer that. Go ahead, you move on. I mean, well, but he's also at the same time, he's playing Brandon Marshall. That's <laughs> um, Or I always mix it up. I'm sorry. Uh, I know who you're talking about. CB, I always mix it up. Jason Marshall? Jason Marshall. Yeah, Jason okay, Marshall. Gotcha, my gotcha, my gotcha. apologies. Let's um, just told let's you, hit... I'm tired. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get it moving here before Mike passes out on us for the night. Um, let's let's just hit the stats for a guy, for a second, guys, and just kind of look at this how it broke down. Um, Tennessee, uh, I mean, you only start you you start with one man and one man only, and and one of the oldest guys in college football, um, Hendon Hooker. Kid played a phenomenal game. I can't I can't you know slide him for that. When you go twenty two for twenty eight passing for 350 yards, you've had a heck of a day in the college football world. No picks. No picks. No uh, – Again. And then, no and then add the 112 rushing yards, and, and that's something else I forgot to hit on. I said it before, rushing quarterbacks are our freaking kryptonite. and It doesn't seem to matter who's at the University of Florida. Uh, I would just like to see us maybe spy once ever and, and, and not just completely look – unpantsed when a quarterback leaves the pocket, but he took advantage of everything we gave him. If we, if we gave it to him, that young man took it and he did, you know, whether it be open field for running, whether it be short intermediate passes, passes over the middle. I mean, I'm I'm sure every bit of film on us shows that passing in the middle of the field is a, is a, is a recipe for success. And to their credit, he, he took advantage of it. And that is without one of his best receivers. I mean, so kudos to them. Like I said, I I give respect to Tennessee and, and Josh Heupel. He called a really good football game for the most part. I'm a Y'all's thoughts on fan. I, yeah, well, I I'm not. I, I'm not a fan of him as a head coach, but <laughs> I know you and Mike. <laughs> but his offense like worked. Him. Yeah, I like. I kind of like Josh Josh Heupel. Um, I think uh, to your point, the only uh, coach that was able to stop a running quarterback 
is the guy I think uh, coaches Dallas Cowboys right now, Dan Quinn. I think he did it. Yeah. He gets Johnny Manziel back. Uh, when we first played Texas A&M, he got off in the first half. And I just always love Dan Quinn's adjustments in the second half, and he shut Johnny down. But, um, yeah, we, we struggle with running quarterbacks. I mean, it's, we, can, we can't contain them. Uh, again, this speaks to the the, the new the, the new system and uh, those wet puzzle pieces, I believe. And once we get some more of Tony's guys in, I believe those things have changed. But, uh, yeah, Hooker had a phenomenal – he's always careful with the football. Uh, so, kudos to that young man. He played a hell of a game. Mike, what do you got to say about Tennessee and, and how they – they're statistically how they perform? Um, it took advantage of uh, bad uh, – well, it took advantage of certain matchups uh, on our on for our defensive backs, you know, particular safeties as well. Um, they attacked some more weaknesses. Abraham was um, – I, I had higher hopes for him for this season – um, he's probably one of the more athletic players on the football team. He's on, you know, we kind of spoke on the last show, and uh, he's just kind of, he's gotten, in my opinion, he's got, without watching too much of the tape, you know, like truly in depth, he's just kind of gone progressively worse. I don't know if he's losing confidence or what's really going on with him, but uh, he, he definitely has more more ability than what he's put, put uh, what he's displaying. So that's one thing that's, you know, truly let me down. But just uh, with, with Tennessee, you know, Brew McCoy, he, just, he stepped up. I mean, let's call, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, I kind of knew, I mean, you know, he's he's had more homes than Waldo. So uh, he – but Brew McCoy is just – I mean, he's, he could, you could say single-handedly that was the difference in the game, to be honest with you, uh, especially with the wide receiver, you know, being out. Uh, but – and I would say that's the main one. Their O line held up, you know, for the most part. And it was a solid, it's all play calling. And we did take advantage of, you know, how you easily beat Tennessee in that system and get them off the field. So uh, kudos. Yeah, I'll give credit where credit's due. You know, the not to mention uh, they ran a ball. You know, uh, Jabari, uh, Jabari Small had a decent day, uh, 4.7 yards to carry, 19 carry for 90 yards. So, I mean, I don't care if you have the people. Players or not, I mean, you got you got scheme as good as well as possible. But uh, I remember, for example, one play in particular, Brittany was Brent Cox right before the half. I want to say missed a sack, and that was a it was um, it was a huge turning point. And uh, you got you got you felt in the stadium like the collective sigh, at least in the Gator section, you're like, oh goodness, this could get bad. But yeah, hats off to Tennessee. Well, um, let's let's turn our attention for a second in and uh, look at some of our stats. I mean, we've already hit on Anthony enough. I don't think we really need to keep harping on on AR's day. What what's that, Wes? I want to make a correction. I said he broke the school record. So uh, this is by Zach Averberti, uh from On Three. Uh, he I said he was behind Tebow. Richardson did break the school record in SEC play. So that means versus SC teams that was previously held by Kyle Trask, uh, who had uh, Trask, if you all remember the game for 2020, had 469 yards of total offense against Georgia. Um, and uh, 474 was passing. Uh, and the only UF quarterback with more total yards in the game was Emory Jones against Sanford. Um, and again, that's Sanford. And Tim Tebow had uh, 533 against Cincinnati. 
So uh, Rich, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to correct that and let you guys know it, he did as far as SC play, he broke the record. Good stuff. Um, so without going any more into AR, let's 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 hit on a few other things. Um, it was really nice. We had two 100 yard receivers. When's the last time we could say that? I mean, I don't remember it. Um, great game by Justin Shorter. Justin Shorter continues to be better every week. I think. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Justin Shorter, um, in his money year, um, trying to show that he can be that guy. And I, and I, he keeps having, you know, progression like he's had from week to week. I think we'll see Justin Shorter get his day in the sun with an NFL team. Um, White boy Rick had some great routes. Um, wanted to talk about that for a second. A lot of uh, mesh concept that uh, like Mike Leach runs, you know, air raid concept. And boy, guys were getting open. I mean, that you know, everybody talks about the separation. We were getting separation this game, and it shows on the stat sheet. I mean, sixty-eight yards receiving for you know for Xavier Henderson, much better step in the right direction. Uh, Wes mentioned it earlier, zipper. That, that touchdown pass that Zipperer caught was just – that was an ESPN highlight for sure. I mean, he daddied his, his man that, you know, tried to come up and tackle him. AR avoided pressure, threw an absolute bullet <sighs> that hit him right in the chest. I mean, I thought, it get, I thought it was going to get picked, and it just went – it sailed right through everybody. Um, But now to the other – end of that coin, our running game just couldn't get going. And, and you know, I was very surprised to see Montreal Johnson only have 18 yards on eight carries. I, you know, just just a tough road to hoe for the running game. And, you know, if you listen to our uh, breakdown last week, that was kind of the v- exact opposite of what we thought was going to happen. We thought we were going to run. And, and I said, if we run 40 times a game, I'm going to feel good about it. Well, we ran 42 times and we still lost. <laughs> <laughs> 90 yards of 90 plays on offense is a lot of offense to still not yeah. come away with the W, which also speaks to how quick the off the Tennessee offense was getting on and off the field with us. Chunk so, yards. Uh, yep. What was y'all's uh like Mike? What what would be your take? A good you know some off some statistical takeaways. Um, like you said, ARSI, kudos to him. But, uh, no, shorter is the biggest one. I already knew about, you know, white boy Rick. You know, I think we all had high hopes for him. But shorter just continued. Like, he had a huge – he could seriously say we don't win that game versus USF without that, uh, quote-unquote, perfect pass, um, as Wes alluded to. And uh, – <laughs> sorry, that's Wes. And um, – but, no, in all seriousness, shorter had a phenomenal game. You could just see he was, you know, beaming with confidence. But it's just really just O-line. I was wrong. I had them as a worst-case top three, uh, at, like, SEC O-line, if not, like, top ten in the country. Talents there, NFL talents there. And they're playing like crap. And uh, the holes aren't there. All three backs getting right around the same uh, yards per uh, uh, average, so there's no excuses there, and they're just not. They're just bottom line, just not getting the job done. This um, run defense uh, from Tennessee is not that good. Uh, Tennessee's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Pittsburgh's uh, running back ate them up. So it just goes to you know, just, they just didn't 
pass the test. If we run a ball at just a little bit better, we win this ball game. But it's just too many times you're in there, you just see them run into a brick wall, like we're facing 85 Bears or something, you know. So it, it's it's disappointing. It truly is, especially when you had you know, said higher hopes. You know, you, you got a veteran line as well, all upper um, upperclassmen on there. So it is what it is. Uh, I'd like to get, get uh, more of a breakdown on it. You know, maybe catch all twenty-two, but uh, it's just you know, I wish I had a ra- the rationale for how they're you know they're going. And then on the defense, it was obviously a big loss when you know Miller got hurt and. Apparently that's cramping because he got booed by the you know the classy uh, Tennessee fans, of course. But you know I just need somebody to step up in the back end. And Torrance isn't playing you know the best right now. So, but something needs to happen on the with the safeties. I don't know if it's different players uh, change up the scheme a little bit, uh, m- more vocal. I don't know, but something needs to happen. And I think uh, I don't know if Kimber. Uh, Hell, Kimber only played he, eleven he, snaps, so I'm yeah. I have a feeling he must be hurt. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Um, hell needs to see less snaps. This is the bottom line. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, you're not getting the job done. Your four this is four games in. Uh, I think more needs to replace them, just straight up. And uh, but yeah, like West's guy, uh, not, you know, Chris McClellan stepping up. My boy uh, Pal step stepping up, number fifty two. And uh, no, um, overall. I saw some young, you know, some some young spots on defense. I was a fan of, and then I saw the same redundant crap on on uh, defense that I uh, unfortunately was far too familiar with. And and by the way, I don't. Gervin needs to step up. I I know he's playing too many snaps, but that much goes. To, I hope we haven't ruined him for this season, and I'm starting to fear we did. Because once I saw the sixty-eight snaps from Utah, I'm like you're gonna, you're not gonna get as at all SEC production. People go like, "Oh, he sucks." Like, no, you you just killed him. And I think that's got it's already happened. Four games in. Wes, any any statistical things you wanted to hit on real quick before we move on? No, you guys kind of touched on everything. Um, was glad to see Zipper with a few catches. Quarterback's best friend. Um, love what Shorter did. Uh, uh, hopefully, he can progress and have a uh, continue to have a big year. Love. Always loved Ricky. Uh, Whittemore was my guy before the season. Shorthand guy, never misses anything. If it's in his vicinity, he's going to grab it. Um, to you guys' point, the O-line, I mean, I have to go back and watch again to see what happened in the game as far as the O-line. This is our raw reaction, so I didn't watch it a second time yet, so I will do that to see more what the offensive line did or didn't do. But, yeah, that's it. You guys kind of hit it on things, so I won't rehash anything you guys said. Um. All right, we're going to, I want to do something a little different. Usually right now we talk about what our thoughts are with the play calling and stuff like that. I kind of, you know, I think we all kind of agree offensive play calling was really solid for this game. Defensive play calling was what it was. Uh, execution probably was a little bad. But let's, let's, I want to bring up a real point real quick and, and get y'all's guys' reaction on it because I know this was a talking point. What was your take on Billy's um, outburst? if you will, um, and and good or bad. Mike, I'll let you roll with it first. From a program side, like big picture, it's good. Okay? Because um, it, it, it's going to get national, you know, 
it's going it, it, it's already hit national, you know, uh, news outlets. Um, something you could show it'll be in highlight clips, you know, so on and so forth. But that that I'm look I'm looking at it. It was right near me. Uh, that ref that ref gave a leash. I think that ref knew they screwed up that, that one right by him, and then because he took a he took a a beat ver, verbal thrashing, and you got to know if you're Billy, if if you're that confident on it, it's fourth down. So you can easily blame this loss. Technically, the result on Billy. What? I believe it was third down. It would have been fourth. Oh, he's saying it would have been four. It would have been four down. Okay. Like, you have – so, as a coach, he was wrong. Like, people, oh, I like him standing up. But end of the day, did, yes or no, did he cost his team? Yes. On a, like, absolutely yes. And ha- and what turned out to be the – uh, we lost by how many points? <laughs> I, I, who, who's going to say it? You, I can blame that on the As a coach, you have to keep yourself in control. He had a leash where he could have got his off in terms of, you know, really – he was letting the refs have it. That ref, like I said, gave him a leash to go off because they knew they screwed up. But he just kept going and pulled a Bob Knight. So Billy was in the wrong, and he was – you can't do that. You can't cost your team. You got to let your players play. A coach cannot be responsible for losing the game. So he needs to check himself. Can you guys know what quarter that happened in? It was actually, uh, and to correct, it was actually a second down. It, it was, was second? Thir- it was going to be third down. Okay. And what yeah, quarter was that? Is, what quarter, quarter was that? Third quarter. Okay. <clears throat> a lot of football left to be played. So I'm not going to stretch and say he lost the team the game. To me, I would be more mad at the two-point conversion that we didn't get as far as saying, hey, we still had a chance to tie the ball at the game. We kicked extra points and say we lost that lost the game. I don't think it lost the game. But to your, I can't dispute anything you're saying about knowing the moment. I don't know if he apologized to the team after to say, hey, that's not how you're supposed to act. Pretty sure Napier, the kind of coach he is, maybe he did that. But I don't want to put that on. Um, I can't dispute anything Mike said. I, I, I can't dis- dispute your point in saying that, hey, you got to know the situation and you can't put your team down. Even if it would hurt, uh, got pull it up correctly and say, well, second down would have been third. Now you get a chance, your team, two more chances to stop. And not like this, uh, Georgia a couple years ago was a nigga had that where you got to stop him eight times. So, um, or seven times, but, um, um, he was in the moment. He did it. I'm not too mad at it. It was the third quarter. Still feel like there was a lot of football left. We still might have a chance to win. I'm more. I would come to contemplate the two point conversions more than that, but hey, that's me. I was, I was, well, we got in my section. He had a uh, joke for Billy, called him uh, Billy Balls. <laughs> and because I mean, um, I hope that's the one off because it, I, I can't be, we can't be going to have less miles than Mad Hatter. At, as at the end of the day, um, Mike's right. Um, he saw it in the stadium, so he can obviously tell how much more leash Billy was given. We saw it on TV. It kind of just happened on TV. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't see it. You just all of a sudden you heard Billy got a technical foul, and then they showed. Oh the no, yo, this. Um, it, it, it was because I was. It, it was bad. We're talking but the whole that whole 
that whole situation was covered terribly on TV. It was just, it was, um, I thought they had already come out and said he was short and then they were reviewing it again. It was like, it was just, it was very weird how it all went down. And um, yeah, so that, like the main, like, all but like one of the refs, I want to say, were huddling about it because it all seemed sketchy. Billy initially went off, and then the refs were like, you could tell, like, all right, we may have screwed up here, guys. And then Billy is just like, I guess whatever that he heard, he didn't like it, and just kept going off and kept going off. I'm like, bro, you you're gonna get to, like I I was like, he's he wants a flag here. How he was approaching it, like I, he wanted, he he was expecting a flag. Like so I'm, I'm fully expect, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's like a man, like a ump, uh, manager in baseball getting ejected. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get ejected, but it's not, it's not before I braid you. you so yeah, like, firing on the team. Like I said, in in the moment, it's 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 obviously not good. Um, now in in Just retrospect downs like you said in retrospect now that the game's lost it's over we're looking back it was good to see i mean we've never seen that side of billy yet it was good to see that he does have that in him obviously that's not the spot you want it but it happened um i know the players will think higher of him because he was fighting you know all that's good and well but like mike said it's a it's a 50-50 thing in the moment it's wrong. It doesn't help at all. It's it's not <laughs> it's not what you want to happen. Um, going forward, it, it it is what it is. It's done, and it's probably a good thing that it happened. But you know, that's why I wanted to get everyone's opinion on it because you know, there's always going to be different ways of looking at a situation like that as good and or bad. Um, now, if you're playing for the national championship or you're playing for the SEC championship and that happened, obviously we'd be having a very different conversation altogether. <laughs> so, Good point, Hurst. Um, Good point. And I don't think you would see that happen in such a situation either. I think Hopefully, but – Hopefully not. He seems much to... more – I didn't know he had that in him, so that was very wild for me just to see. Like, it, you know, you it, never uh, see I, Billy – I'm, I'm I'll see about the video, but it was – We saw him – we saw him. No, we saw him. Yeah. But it didn't, no, it didn't see the whole thing. We saw the shortened version, like Mike this said. Man, yeah, um, if talking. it went on for much longer than what Mike said, then then 10, we didn't 15, see nothing. 20 seconds. Like it was, it was a while. So, guys, let's um, as we wind it down here, um, silver linings. Let's talk about our silver. We always talk about what the silver lining is coming out of a game. Um, Wes, what's your silver lining coming out of this game? I got a feeling um, I know. You you already know, um, <laughs> fans. You see it on uh, the message boards. You see it on Facebook. You see it everywhere. I hear it on this podcast. Uh, Bench AR, play the backup. My guy came through. He showed why he has that higher ceiling. The numbers proved it. His performance proved it. Uh, I don't know what he was going through. Really, that's his business, personal business, whatever. He's injured. That's a team business, whatever. Whatever it is, the guy came. He performed. He gave us a chance to win. As bad as our running game was, we don't win this game without AR. You mentioned that throw to Zipper on that touchdown. I don't. It's only a couple of guys in the NFL that can make that throw. Maybe Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers can make that type. You better of throw. say the other one. Oh, two missing. <laughs> man, man, bye. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Josh Allen to be able to put the zip like you said the way he the, the velocity he had on that ball. He said two. 
the velocity he had on that ball, only like three or four guys in the NFL can even make that throw. So for him to to to, to solidify what I was saying and give the guy time, he hadn't started. This is what his fifth game ever starting. Uh, like Mike said earlier when we were talking about it, uh, he had a lot of mop-up duty. This is time for him to learn. We're not trying to win the SEC championship or a national championship this year. This is about learning your guys, seeing what they have, and when we get more guy, more of your own guys in, especially on defense, we'll see what uh, – we have to make it in. Then you got an AR going into year two in this system. Whew, look out. Mike, silver lining for you. I would say uh, you got some young guys like uh, McClellan and Moore. They're, you know, just truly starting to show that they belong, you know, playing in an environment and a team like this. That They were number 11 in the country. So, you know, they are Tennessee, and we see them as inferior because they are as terms of a team and humans. So, um, it, but no, that in, in terms of the, those young players, they are definitely that, that was one of them. Another one, um, like, like I won't say AR, but it's obvious. And but my favorite, I'm just glad the receivers people are saying they don't suck. Like, they're like I've always said, are they Sup- great? Su- no, superior route running in this game. Good point, Mike. Yeah, no. And, you, just because you're not great doesn't mean you're bad. It's not I, and to, societies like this. If you're just not bad, if it's either you're good or you're bad. No, I I've always said they are slightly above average. You know, and that's it is what it is. You know, they're not going to be drafted in the first two rounds. You know, but like they're very quality players. So I'm glad that shorter, especially, um, is really. Is starting to truly find himself and hope, you know, maybe possibly he's becoming his um, AR safety blanket. Yeah, he's I mean, go-to. so, I mean, we really need to start looking at that. So, I mean, and the last thing I'd like to say, uh, resolve. This, this team could have easily folded, you know. It, like, it wasn't allowed. It was, it, was, it was a tough environment, you know. At the end of the day, it's Neyland Stadium, you know. Even if the, you know, it's crumbling down because it's it's old, crusty. You know, it is what it is. You know, but you know that's architectural flaws. So, but either way, it's a hundred. You're in front of over a hundred thousand people, and that team, they one they beat beat the spread, but two, you know, you know, with the onside recovery, they never gave up. No matter how much they were down. Mentally, physically, or you know, they just always show that resolve to come back, and that says a lot about the team. There are some teams across the country who show the exact opposite. My so, um, the um, <laughs> so with that being said, record aside, like I, I don't need undefeated. I just need direction, and we have the foundation for long term success. Um. You kind of stole a little of my thunder there. Uh, Resolve was definitely going to be one of my silver linings. Um, And that goes back to what I said earlier. This team had some horrific lows at the end of last season. And, you know, without with with the exception, obviously, of the freshmen, all these kids were here for that. So they easily could have said, oh, we've been here before and and just packed it in. But they did not. they, they played hard to the very end, and I give them much credit for that, and I keep a lot of credit on the staff for changing the mindset of the team like they have 
to keep fighting. I mean, it's just still game four. I mean, that, a lot of that stuff is still fresh. It doesn't just, you know, that t- that kind of stuff usually takes a season or so to kind of wash away to get that stink out of the out of the program, so to speak. Speak where you know, and we still have some of it. When I talked about bad habits earlier, that's kind of the stink I'm talking about. A lot of the bad habits, bad tackling habits, things like that that we're still seeing. But that stuff's going to improve. I mean, it's going to take time, but it's it's slowly but surely you're seeing that improve. And that goes to my to my main silver lining. And we said it earlier is um, competent football and improve and improvement. And they played pretty competent football. Obviously, we know we had some busted assignments and things like that, but we don't know what Mike says this all the time. If you don't know what the play calls were, you really can't speak on to whose fault something was. Um so you can't just be quick to blame. Everyone thought that that uh, Zero was responsible for both long plays, but after breakdowns came out today, it became pretty evident that the second one was not his fault because of the play call. And that's why in the moment you, you have a knee-jerk reaction that, oh, it was him again, but you don't know. You just don't until you – because, A, you weren't on the sideline, you weren't on the field, and you didn't have a headset on. So you don't exactly always know. Um but there is competent football being played, whether your opinion is it's not. It, it is. There's to Yesterday, especially on offense, showed that there's the play calling was competent. The receivers played very competent. Uh, AR played competent and was, you know, was the, foot, the fumble hurt, yes. But he was careful with the football for the most part, except for that play. He got, he got hit and lost the ball. And no one's going to take that harder than he is. But guess what? Unlike the previous games where he had a turnover and completely collapsed, he elevated himself. And to me, that is a tremendous show of improvement. Um, Hopefully, we'll continue to see some improvement on the other side of the ball as well. Um, And that's going to take us into our last last portion here, guys. Um, What's next and, and what's your expectation going forward? Has it changed any? Wes, start with you. Well, mine has changed. You know, I kind of had us uh, undefeated. <laughs> undefeated <laughs> to two, two losses. We already got the two losses, but a little I, impossible uh, now. But yeah, I had us not from, for the rest of the season. Ricky, I, had, I, say, I, I mean, <laughs> I, it's pop- we'll give you a redo. Do you still want? No, nah, I mean, I still feel like to you guys' point and to my point. Except for one team, but I don't even know about. It. I, I, I still feel like we can win every ball game from here on out, and Jesus. that includes Georgia. If you saw what Kent's like, Georgia's Mike. Me, you've talked off air uh, about Georgia and what they brought back and what it. If 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 some changes happen defensively, and if AR is still AR, why not? We better learn how to cover a tight. Who's gonna block Jalen Carter? <laughs> no, because it's not our O-line. That's a top five pick. And we better learn how to cover a tight end. That is it. a top five <laughs> unanimous pick. He's the be best a shootout defensive again. Ta- pardon? It, and it could be a shootout. It absolutely could be a shootout. But I don't want to go toe-to-toe with him for four quarters and, and hope that, you know. I know. I'm just asking, Mike, was he blocked against Kent State this weekend? 
Was he blocked against Kent State this weekend? Georgia had a a, a USF game versus Kent State. I actually watched <laughs> yeah. that game. They they played tremendously down to their opponent. But that's here nor there. We you know they're going to be up to play Florida. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a shootout. So I mean, my, to answer the question, it doesn't. I, I yeah, it kind of it kind of changed as far as I still. But I still feel like every game is a, a coin flip here on out. Texas was still to me. They have a great, they have a good defense, but offensively, I don't know why defense might make anybody look good. So it's still coin flip here on out, and <laughs> and I'll put uh, I'll put my faith in AR. I haven't left them yet, so why leave them now? Mike, not at all. I, I mean, I uh, I'm term of AR possibly it can go back to where, you know, the projection was. Um, however, it has to be sustainable before I'm hopping fully on board. Um, once again, I'm not just blindly running, you know, into a wall here. So, uh, I said six to ten wins. And still six to ten wins, there, there will be coin flip games. So, I mean, it is it is what it is. So, we're probably going to finish I had it. I split it. I had six to ten, so I picked eight. It'll probably be seven, but I mean, I'm okay with it because we're playing competent football. So, no, I'm fine. My expectation is slightly up over over last after, you know, a week from what I saw versus USF. But my expectation was extremely low after USF. <laughs> so, I mean, after the USF game, I I seriously sat there and thought, hmm, this could be a six win football team. And now I can sit, go back to thinking, you know, eight and four is very possible. But it's like Mike said, there's going to be some coin flip. LSU, Texas A&M, uh, those are coin flips right now without even, you know, seeing what happens. Um, South Carolina can still very much be a coin flip. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be if we continue on our path and they continue on theirs. It shouldn't be. But. We have to see what next week brings now. You know, then that's going to be the thing with this team is the week to week. We thought we were, you know, you come out of the gates versus Utah, you think you're world beaters, then you come back to earth and then you crash into earth, even though you win versus South Florida. A team that got absolutely skunked by Louisville this weekend. And I know that's not a, you know, that's not always a transitive property, but don't tell me Louisville is more talented than us. They may be at a couple of positions, but as a whole, but they're also not in the first year system. So. And another thing that um, definitely help us with A&M, well, a couple of things. We've proven we can go on the road in a hostile environment. That's absolutely true. It's not a problem at all. And also they just lost their their star receiver, most likely for the season, Aeneas Smith. And let them lose another game, too, and then things could get nasty out there before we get there. Um, I know there's already some, you know, some people are starting to rumble and grumble after all the recruits they signed and Jimbo kind of not coming out of the gate, fire on all cylinders. But, you know, and it's still Max Johnson. I, I don't, you know. He's your best quarterback. He is your best quarterback. He kills us, though. Yeah, well, he killed <laughs> He killed. Yeah, but that's because your previous staff was completely <laughs> incapable and took that game for granted. 
Um, it's like killing mom. I mean, you know, guys, I, it was a loss. You can't you can't say it any other way. It was a loss, but there was a lot of positive that came from a loss, and that's that's at least like we said, there are silver linings. You went on the road. You played competent football. You held them to the very last play. You didn't fold. You didn't pack it in when you could have when you were down two scores. Um, your quarterback came back from the brink, basically, of looking like he had nothing to, you know, to give. Your receivers that have been hounded showed up in a big way. They're putting it together in a lot of ways. You just got to continue to see the growth and the competent football. And, you know, at least we're moving in the right direction. Mike, you got anything you want to add before we jump out? Yeah, um, two things. If pure hypothetical, with nobody running away with the Heisman race, literally nobody, if AR continues, sustains his production from Tennessee, is he a Heisman front? Is he in the Heisman race? If he could are, be if right now. At, right at, now, at, and I'm not win. saying. I'm not saying there's not a front runner, but C.J. Stroud is pretty high up there right now. You gotta, he you has gotta, to. He has to beat Georgia and Texas A&M to do that. I think. I think. All right, at least I don't. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, what about a, a New York invite? He'd have Same. to continue. To, he'd have to have three or four more games like he had yesterday in okay. the ballpark. No, I'm not saying sustain. he has to throw for 450 yards. Sorry, Wes. You know, you don't have to throw 450 yards. You're not going to do that every game, but you're going to have to have. Some three, four touchdown games. You For know. sure. Because people forget Tebow won it with three losses that year where he won it. It was it wasn't the year we were we lost. Well, one of them was a bowl game though. That came after. It was in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. But it, what I was saying is it wasn't the year we won we won yeah, like eleven and one. It wasn't those years. Up, he put yeah. up ungodly numbers that year, yeah, too. Yeah, I don't so, think AR is gonna sniff that either because he's already yeah. behind the eight ball. And he has to cut <laughs> down on the he has to cut down on the INTs. I think he has like five already. So yeah. you got you got to stay there. You can't go to eight. You can, yeah, eight is your max. Yeah, I just wanted to put it out there. That's I all. think it's and, it's a hundred percent possible if he continues okay. the trajectory of this game going Correct. forward. Um, it's possible, but right yeah. now, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, you can already name two guys that'll probably be there. I mean, Bryce, regardless, will probably be there. He's the defending, and he's going to have well, a good enough. Possibly Will Anderson. Uh, CJ Stroud, I don't see a way if he continues like he is that he's not going to be there. Correct. And, and if Caleb, he keeps putting, and I hate to say this out loud, but if he keeps putting up the numbers, Stetson might be there. And Caleb Williams out there in um, Southern Cal, too. He's we had to see them beat Utah this week, but yeah. they didn't look as great this week. Utah's but, uh, yeah, that's, Utah. that's another conversation for another Yeah, day. that's I a whole other conversation. I just wanted to really literally just touch on it. Um, Utah's tight end is out for the year. Hmm? That, that Utah's tight end is out for the year. Oh, good. Man. I hate, I hate to hear that. that. That kid was good. Why you say good? I said that. I hate that. I said the kid I didn't is say good. Anything. Hey, anyway, either way, um, Bateman got us. Bateman got us. Wes, anything you want to add before we jump? No, nah, I'm good. We all good. See you guys on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Guys, we appreciate y'all. Uh, hanging with us and uh, being patient with us while we get this episode out. Like we said, sorry for the delay on that. You know, it's just one of those things that just kind of life happened and 
Mike was so deep in the trenches, we had to send some guys to get him out. Took a while to get him back home. Um, Mike was home before Brittany Griner. Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, I'm more light, so <laughs> I played. I played a real sport. Oh, Jesus! Oh, God! Anyway, um, yeah, you better get me off here before I get canceled. Yeah, Mike's about to get canceled. Um, guys, we appreciate you so much, though. As always, um, make sure you go check us out. You can download us wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on all major platforms. Please make sure you check out the YouTube channel and give us a subscribe. It helps us tremendously with the growth of our channel. And um, if you'd like to support us as, as uh, creators, always go visit our Patreon. Respect our decision. We'll be announcing a giveaway later this week for that. So as always, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you Wednesday. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.